The views and opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast, episode number 16. Hope everybody's doing well. I do know that we had some uh, snowfall across the uh, Pacific Northwest, Montana, and my neck of the woods in Nevada. But hey, uh, it's drawn into the end of the season, and also that means it is still hiring season. So, knowledge for you guys. Temporary seasonal positions are going to be closing here shortly, uh, September seven or September thirtieth. Actually, they're going to be closing. But I do know that there was some uh, issues with a couple of those announcements, and they're going to be reflying uh, at least some announcements for Region One and some select positions for Region Four as well. So it's not too late. Keep your eyes peeled on USA Jobs. Today on the show, I've got Jason Bolo. He's uh, the program manager over at Wasatch Helitech. He's going to go over uh, how his program is running and how it operates. And uh, he's also going to go over some best tips and tricks and best practices to uh, up your chances about getting picked up on a Helitech. Uh, it's mostly about his program, but I think that these uh, this advice will translate well to any Helitech position that you guys happen to put your name in the hat for. So listen up. But before we get into the show, we're going to go over some sponsors. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Hotshot Brewery. Make sure you swing over by www.hotshotbrewery.com and pick yourself up some night shift espresso or some scratch line blend or some initial attack blend. Awesome coffee for an awesome cause. Also, they have a full line of apparel to help you embrace that firefighter culture and it also supports a good cause. A portion of the proceeds goes to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. So, good coffee for a good cause. Make sure you guys get some. Anyways, hope you guys like the show. And uh, yeah, last minute, last chance, get you guys' apps in. Welcome to the Anchor Point. Yeah, let's send it. Let's do it. Full send. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 16 of the Anchor Point Podcast with Jason Bolo from Wasatch Helitech. What's going on, uh, man? Glad to be here. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude. Welcome to the show, man. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, man. Just uh, live in northern Utah, working, uh, obviously, with a Helitech program out of here. We're Wasatch Helitech on the uh, Uinta Wasatch Cache National Forest. Uh, been with the program now for about eight years and been in fire for, uh, 17 years. Damn, dude. So how'd you start off in fire? Uh, you know, I did it one year just on the random in college, did a, uh, what's called Salt Lake County, which is now Salt Lake Unified, did a, a season with those guys and then, uh, decided fire wasn't for me, went to college and then afterwards I still sort of had that bug and, uh, Went and uh, chased it from there. Nice, man. Yeah, Salt Lake Unified is a pretty good uh, group of people, man. I've worked with them a bunch in the past. 
Yeah, they're a great outfit, and they've, they've uh, man, they've had a lot of great people go through that program over the years. So, good outfit to have close by up here in northern Utah. Damn. Yeah, they're 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 pretty cool, man. I uh, we did a pretty epic burn show with those guys uh, a couple years back, and I was pretty impressed by those guys. Solid dudes. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, also run a couple engines, and uh, yeah, they're they're great. I can't say enough about them. Nice, man. So you went from Salt Lake Unified to Wasatch Hell Attack, pretty much, like directly into it, or did you do some other stuff no, in between? I had a, uh, did six years in the Central Coast in California, and that was on the Los Padres National Forest. Uh, did two Hell Attack programs out there, uh, San Ynez Hell Attack, and then also Aurora Grande Hell Attack. And then while I was at Aurora Grande, I also did two years with the uh, Hotshot crew out of Aurora Grande. Uh, right when they were getting started. So, yeah, two, six years total on the Los Padres, then bounced back to Utah, and I've been with the uh, Hell Attack ever since. So what made you want to do Hell Attack? Uh, you know, you know, I got in a, on the... <laughs> I got in with the uh, Los Padres Hell Attack, Sandy Inez, I think, uh, I think it was 04... And I had a ball with those guys. It was a rappel crew. And um, just really liked it a lot. And, you know, went back and forth whether or not I was going to do the crew thing. But uh, once I did the apprenticeship, it was sort of decided for, for me that I would transition from a crew to the uh, helicopter. And just I've been with helicopters ever since. So it's it's been great. Oh, fellow Academy, bro. What's up, man? <laughs> what Academy were you? <laughs> Yeah, oh man, what was it? Thirty-two, I think. Thirty Academy thirty-two. It was a while ago. Two thousand seven. Was that a four hundred Liggett? No, that was after the four hundred Liggett days. We were at McClellan. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Third or fourth year at McClellan, maybe. Nice man. I love it down there. I love those guys. It was a fun program. Uh definitely yeah. uh make it a point to try and go back there and crew boss every once in a while. <laughs> got nothing yeah, we, stuff. <laughs> we got one of our guys heading back to do some crew boss stuff uh geez, i think end of october they start off so they're already starting with the apprenticeship academies oh yeah they should be rolling it pretty heavy here soon yeah uh, kudos to those guys man that's a lot of work it's fun man i think it's uh you know it's a very unique opportunity to go down there and everybody kind of like you know oh we're gonna take all these stupid classes over again i'm like no nah, dude that's not what it's about man it's all about like the networking and meeting people i mean I've, i still stay in contact with a bunch a bunch of my academy homies yeah there, there's a lot to be said about that man the uh camaraderie there you get people from all walks of life and uh and it's awesome it's awesome going to a fire and seeing everybody that you went to academy with or just a few folks just depending on where you're at and man it's it's good times i, I know this year just a couple of our guys that are apprentices now they're like oh yeah i know her i know him from academy they uh, see each yeah. other in chow line they're like what's up bro yeah <laughs> and, and you're jealous of it you know it's like oh yeah i remember that those days long nights at the lion's gate <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oop! Did I, did I inform too many people of the Lionsgate? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So let's get into the episode, man. Uh, so everybody, this is this is a question more posed to like our non-fire people. So it is hiring season right now, and I know a lot of people are trying to like expand their horizons 
uh, maybe get into that first time hell attack position or just even understand what hell attack is. So in your best definition, man, what is hell attack? How would you describe that to someone who has never had fire experience? Well, first and foremost, uh, we're still firefighters, man. That's, that's our primary function is firefighting, but we just have a specialty that's really unique and it's, it's to, uh, manage and we focus on just helicopter operations and whether it's uh, helicopter operations at a large incident or just that initial IA dispatch, uh, we cover a large gamut of what we do. In our particular program, uh, we've got, you know, quite a few folks from uh, very diverse backgrounds, from crews, engines, to even guys that have just sort of done their own thing, like with uh, different state agencies or maybe some fuels work. But we we have a pretty good group of folks that are spread out and they come together here in northern Utah. And it's, it's pretty rad. Nice, man. So what's, uh, what's your program like, man? I understand that you run a bunch of ships. You guys have up to four ships at a time sometimes? Yeah, so we're, we're a super base um, here in northern Utah. We have four aircraft, 31 firefighters. So within that little spectrum there, which is not a little spectrum, it's a pretty big scope of what we can cover within our program. We have 15 permanent employees, 16 seasonal employees, one Type 1 helicopter, one Type 2 medium helicopter. It's a Bell 205, and then two medium or, sorry, light aircraft. And those are uh, 407s. So, and the 407s, one of them will always be a local IA ship. The other one travels everywhere. The chicken ship. That's what yeah. we call our CWNs, at least out here. <laughs> we call them the chicken ships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they go everywhere. And our medium aircraft, that's a national asset, along with our Type 1 is a national asset. So they, uh, they go anywhere in the nation. They've got full... Full access to wherever things are busy, they're going to be involved somewhere. So. Now, what about the terrain and topography fuel types around Salt Lake? Because I've been there. I love Salt Lake City. I think it's a pretty cool town. A lot of stuff to do. Um, and it's beautiful country. But you guys got super high elevation mountains. You've got also the desert out to your west as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got the full gamut for IA area, man. We, we don't just cover northern Utah. We help cover a couple other dispatches throughout central and southern utah so you know you can start your day at a base that's in mountain green utah that looks at snow basin ski resort and you can end up anywhere from there and you know it could be in the desert it can be high elevation you went to mountains uh yeah we cover the whole gamut of fuel types just here in utah alone let let alone whatever we get ourselves into nationally Nice, man. And it's pretty cool, too, because that, it's interesting that you said that it's like you can end up in the desert in one moment and then up high elevation. But also you also run four ships so you could literally land up or end up anywhere in the nation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, with this being a slower year, you know, we had one aircraft or two aircraft sitting in the base and, you know, a group of folks went to work thinking, oh, it's a slow season. We'll see what we get. And they ended up uh, at the end of the day in Texas. So another group went to Arizona, came back three days later, and then two days after that, they were in Alaska. So it's, I mean, we literally can do quite a bit of traveling 
and you don't, you just don't know what a day is going to bring you. Oh yeah, man. It's always a, an interesting day in the life of hell attack. You'll get a call and then you'll be traveling all the way across the state or halfway across the country, man. It's pretty cool. I miss it. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, dude. So now as far as the Wasatch United Front, what are some like unique aspects about your program? What are some unique things about uh, Wasatch Hell Attack there? So for us, this is a high complexity forest, man. This is this is urban interface here, uh, top notch urban interface. It's it's a busy airspace. Uh, we've got communities right up that butt up right up to the uh, front to the mountains here, and then we've got communities when we what we call the back forty, and so. You know, we'll go from these fires where you don't see anybody, you're out in the middle of nowhere, to fires where you're literally in the public eye. And uh, it's it's different, man. It's uh, it, it gets busy real quick. And some of the stuff that makes us unique is just that ability for us to be, you know, supporting a national helicopter one day out in Idaho to coming back home and next day you're local IA and you're in a busy, busy environment. And, uh, it, it's fun. Dude. And then we also, for us in the shoulder seasons, we're really busy. Uh, a lot of, uh, burning. We do a lot of torch work. Um, just for example, tomorrow we'll be running two different RXs, one on the North zone of the forest, one on the South zone, two, Helitorch bases and uh, yeah, we'll be, that's awesome. we go. Yeah. So, you know, you guys run the, the and everybody's familiar with the PSD machine, right? The plastic sphere dispenser. And you guys probably have all that. I'm pretty sure it's like standard ops to have a PSD and PSD qualified people. But now that you're mentioning the, uh, the Helitorch, that's pretty cool, man. That's really unique of a program. Yeah, it's awesome. It's been something that, uh, Management's been working on for several years now. We've been able to get a lot of guys called up. And so, yeah, for us to put together two different torch bases in one day, it's it's uh, something we can do easily. And we get to do it not just supporting our forests, but we support a lot of the other forests in southern and central Utah with those operations as well. So it's, it's good times, and it's good shoulder season work. And, um yeah, it's really rad to see. That's awesome, man. Do you guys also go down to Florida and like the uh, the South to burn it all too, or do you guys mostly stay local? Uh, right now, it's more local, but we do do uh, we do support uh, PSD operations back east. That's something that uh, we'll definitely send folks to. But uh, typically for us, that's when we're off contract, and if we go out there, we're just supporting whatever forests are out there. So if they need PSD operators, we're just going to go fill in. Where the torch operation is, it's our operation, and you know we we run like that with our guys and some of our cooperators as well. Nice man. Do you guys run? Uh, so it sounds like you have a lot of work in the shoulder seasons too. So you guys aren't necessarily a thirteen and thirteen uh, dedicated uh, program. You guys sounds like you guys run more of an eighteen and eight. You know, it can be the last few years with the new focus or not, I guess not a new focus, but just sort of a, a re-energizing some of the, uh, the, you know, the burn operations and get, getting more fuel intense, I guess, as far as the RX operations. It's definitely led to us working longer to support their operations because they have, 
they have really limited windows, especially here in Utah, to where it's either real quick in the spring or real quick in the fall. And uh, our forest is really supportive of those RX operations. And so they try to keep us on a little bit longer to help help with those fuels. It's definitely one thing I've always appreciated about the uh, the Forest Service program, the RX program that you guys have in Utah, man. It's it's pretty robust. It's not like uh, around some other areas where it's, you know, you don't really need that RX. But uh, you guys definitely utilize, whether it be RX burning or if it's fire use as well, you guys do a lot of that, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome to see. And it's just, a, you know, it's, it's growing. We're getting more and more uh, opportunities to participate in different fuel types, different burns. And uh, it's really helping with our guys, getting, getting our guys schooled up on just how to uh, function in these different areas. Sounds pretty cool, man. It sounds like you got a very unique program up there. Um, as far as training opportunities, though, man, it sounds like you have a lot of opportunity for training programs, too, like uh, whether it be single resource boss or, like we were saying, Hella Torch, anything like that. What are some other training opportunities you guys got? Yeah, we, uh, one of the things that we do have in our back pocket is, you know, not just aviation operation. That's, you know, that's something anybody can get on a Helitac program, but you know, you, with our program and the diversity of the helicopters that we have, we also have the ability to get people out. And like I was saying, in our back pocket, we've got the Weaver Job Corps just on the other side of can- the canyon with us. And it's a pretty big operation. It gives people uh, an opportunity to really diversify. Like instead of focusing just on Heckam Qualls, they can, uh, we can bump people down there and support the Job Corps, which uh, they have an engine. Uh, this year they'll be uh, they'll be uh, starting a new Type 2IA crew, and uh, it's just a great place where we can send people to help fill in, whether it's FFT1 trainee to crew boss trainee, or even engine boss trainee to go work on some qualities that maybe aren't that easy when you're out supporting helicopter operations. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Especially uh, during the summer when it's peak season, you kind of have an umbilical cord attached to that ship wherever it goes. So, having the opportunity to do that stuff—that's that's pretty cool, man. That's unique. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, you know just within northern Utah, our, just our whole forest is really supportive of getting folks out, and we do a northern Utah's regular crew, like I guess most forests do. But it's you know it's just one of those things that where. You, you know, if things aren't that busy on the home front, you can still get out the door and uh, work on some other operational quals, which are, you know, pretty important. That's awesome, man. Do you guys work well with other crews too? Like uh, go send boot- boosters, I'm making air quotes here, boosters to other programs to go support them, like CWN operations or anything like that? Uh, you know, we'll definitely, you know, staff C- CWN helicopters. Uh, right now we've got the Crassel guys. They're actually down here supporting us and helping us with the torch operations tomorrow. It's not uncommon for us because of because of how many helicopters we have. There's no sense in having two at base at one time. So we'll actually go. We do what we call satellite bases. We'll set up a base at the southern end of the forest at Spanish Fork. We'll go down to Richfield, Utah, which is central Utah, and support them for IA. And we've been pulled up to the Payette. This year we got pulled up to the Boise to support them for uh, lightning fires for a couple weeks. So, um, 
we get we get pulled all around as long as we can leave one ship at home the other ones they they just go and bounce around and support wherever we can nice man so now it sounds like you need a specialty kind of individual to like jump on a hell attack specifically your hell attack crew and now for those people that are it is hiring season so those people that are looking to get into uh the hell attack the aviation kind of world here what does it take to be a quality hell attack crew member yeah, you know, it, it's yeah, it's definitely somebody you have to have a year of experience. That that's by the book there. I guess ninety days is what they say. But you know, we're looking for specifically self starters, guys that can come in, take initiative, and then really have an attention to detail. Because uh, in our world, it's you know, it's not that crew world where you have your single assignment. You know, you got one one tool. That's your job, or your morning chores, or a couple different chores. We've got the way we move around, we, we need people that can act in a fluid environment and they can just adapt to what we've got going on. You know, like, like I was saying, we can, we can wake up, be at the base one in one morning and then we can be out in the desert or be in the high Uentas by the afternoon. And we need folks that can adapt quickly to whatever the circumstances dictate. I got you, man. So, as far as <clears throat> where was I going with this? I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so as far as uh, like a quality hell attack guy, that attention to detail thing, that's super. I think that is super important because it's a very high risk operation. You got turning rotors. Sometimes it's it, it gets a little heated sometimes when you're uh, loading up oh, and you're turning rotors. Yeah. People kind of lose it sometimes, but luckily I've you know I've worked with some quality people as well, and I'm sure you've experienced nothing but that as well. But uh, as far as like quals desired, what are you looking for? You know, for our program, you know, it's always you're going to rate out the best if you're FFT1 and ICT5 already. Um, Heckam, Heckam is something that we'll provide for you. But, you know, even if you're not an FFT1 already or an ICT5 already, we'll still we'll still look at you. It's going to be, you know, we're looking for people that, uh, you know, are showing a resume that's very diverse, you know, we're not looking for uh, folks that really don't have much work experience yet. We're looking for people that have been in some outdoor jobs already, guys that have been out and they've proven that they've got a work ethic and they've got a little diversity behind them. You know, one of the things obviously for us here in Utah is big is uh, we pull a lot of ski patrollers and, uh, that's actually a really good thing for us because they're coming to us, you know, they're familiar with the outdoors, they're familiar with the elements, and they're also got some basic uh, EMT type skills that are, you know, those are priceless out of the woods. Oh, yeah, especially that EMT. Um, speaking of EMT stuff, do you guys have like any medical direction? Are you guys going to try and go to like some sort of national program or anything like that or uh, regional, maybe district uh, program? Yeah, it sounded like the region was picking up some uh, direction. Um, I know that it's, I don't know the details on it cause I'm not a medical person per se. Um, but I know that moving forward, it sounds like, uh, they're going to start really supporting it. And I know here for us, we've got a pretty good, uh, relationship with unified fire and they'll, or unified fire in the state. They'll throw together some glasses sometimes so people can, uh, maintain their currencies with the EMT and, uh, pretty awesome and those 
those classes are, uh, you know, geared towards firefighters. And it's uh, super interesting to see the medical stuff from medical professionals talking about our environment. So. Are the uh, teaching classes more geared towards like that wilderness first responder and wilderness medic, that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, here in Utah, we're, uh, you know, we've got a trauma one center here with a burn center in it. And uh, so we've I've been to a few classes where they brought in some folks from the burn center and really, you know, broken down, you know, what is a burn injury and how to treat it. And it's really interesting when you get to see that uh, other perspective that's more of a professional in the burn industry. And then you can like, OK, all right, I've got I got a little more to think about than I thought just running around in the woods with my buddies. Oh, yeah. It, it's wild. Yeah, that's pretty cool though, man. Because that's like a uh, that's one of those often underlooked or uh, not underutilized, but uh, overlooked kind of things. That's kind of like those responsibilities of a hell attack crew. I think is that medical ship. Because sometimes you guys get do you guys get designated at the medic as the medical ship on the incident. Yeah, and that that's common for us to get designated as the medical ship. Usually, we're hoping one of the short haul aircraft is on scene for one of the bigger incidents, so we don't get designated. But, uh, you know, sometimes we, we do have to take that responsibility and we have to configure our aircraft if something were to come up. But uh, that's one of the things that's rad with the Forest Service is, you know, the, just the different programs and their specialties with uh, supporting, you know, medical incidents like the short haul operations. Nice, man. So as far as like fitness quals, we're talking about all this medical stuff, these quals desired that you guys are particularly looking for in your crew. What about your fitness, both mental and physical? You know, the, you know, the mental aspect, that's just going to, I mean, that just echoes, right? That's going to last through the whole entire summer. As, as the summers are long and hot, you know, the mental aspect, what's going to carry a person. But the physical element is also right there, right? So if our physical RPT program is, uh, it's it's we're on it, man. It's day one. You walk into our door, you're going to have the BLM fitness challenge and the pack test within a couple hours of walking in the door. And then from there on out, we'll be trail running. We'll be hiking. Uh, if it's bad weather, we're doing circuit training and, uh, we get after it. That's, that's part of the training program, you know, is not just sitting in classroom, but it's, it's, uh, working your butt off. Oh yeah, man. Wait, you guys have a, a like a functional fitness room? Like you guys do like uh, I'm not gonna say the uh, c word, the <laughs> Ross Fit. <laughs> you guys have a pretty badass gym. Ah, uh, so that's been something that we've been working on over the years, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, dude, it's on point. Yeah. So we're we're based in a giant airplane hangar with offices off to one side. So one wing of it, I guess you would say, is offices. And then the whole giant hangar is really where we all hang out. That's our common area. So whether it's the briefings in the morning or the gym that's off to the side, the locker room that's off to another side, it's it's just one big central area. And yeah, we've got quite a bit of equipment, and uh, we take advantage. Nice man, yeah, I, I, dude. I just the running and hiking thing every day. I'm I'm a huge proponent of like mixing it up. But running and hiking every day, that's just I, you're opening yourself up to injury and just getting bored after a while. So I appreciate that that you guys are embracing the uh, CrossFit Kool Aid, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 
we call it circuit training, but you can call it what you want. But yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's something to be said about that. And then just uh, also with where we're located, just by the ski resorts, the hiking out here is uh, epic. It is. It's on point. Yeah, you guys got the whole Wasatch front right there, man. Uh, definitely, been, I've been up to the top of them, mostly in the winter time. Never really in the summer, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Snowbird's a pretty cool resort, man. That's another cool thing you guys got going on there too. Is like you guys are in close proximity to all those like uh, ski, re- all the ski resorts there. So uh, I think that attracts kind of a a perfect storm for like being a ski bum in the winter and then just a hardcore hell attacker in the summer. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's seven resorts within an hour of Salt Lake Valley. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome here. And it's not just us with the forest service. We have a, a BOM contingent out here, a state contingent, and also the, the unified guys, like I said, there's a lot of fire resources in Northern Utah and we all share the same passions. Nice, man. Is that, that's cool. That you guys have a good relationship with your cooperators too. Yeah, yeah, we it's we wouldn't have it any other way. With with how we interact and how we respond, it's we have to have a good relationship with everybody. And it's been something that uh, for me, as I've been here for eight years, it's been awesome to watch and and get to know not just the guys within my forest, but the BLM side, the state side, and everybody else that shows up. So it's a good deal. Nice man, yeah. It's uh, that sounds like a pretty complex area. Well, it is a complex area, you know. All that wooey butted up right against the Wasatch Front there, dipping out of people's pools. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as like people that are interested in your program, man, uh, what makes a good rookie? What are you looking for? No, it it really for us, do you? It's we're looking at diverse people, you know, like I said, uh, just briefly, it was, you know, it's, you know, it's not just a self-starter. It's not somebody that takes initiative, but also somebody that's, that can prove in a resume that they've been out and about, that they have, they've got a little life experience and, you know, it could be something as easy as, you know, Hey, I worked on a farm or, you know, I was really good at welding. I'm good at, I'm good with cars. Or it could be some somebody that's done a few years in fuels and just wants to switch it up and come over to the aviation. It could be anybody. I got you, man. So as far as like applying and like you got any tips and tricks is about about how to apply for your program or just any hell attack program in general. So, you know, with our program and, and with all these fire programs out there you've got to start with communication. You've got to open up the lines with where you want to work. Uh, it's not just clicking a duty location on the USA jobs. It's, it's actually going out and uh, chatting with folks. And sometimes you can physically go out somewhere and sometimes it's a couple phone calls to make sure people are remembering your name. And um, that's my biggest recommendation. If you, if you have a few points or places or bases that you want to pinpoint, Make sure you're talking to those guys because when they pull their lists, um, there's a lot of applicants out there. And if if you're somebody they've already communicated with and, you know, they've gotten to know you a little bit and, and see your name but also have a, some personal history with you already, that's, that's going to set you apart. Nice, man. And now 
as far as like any resume things like that, do you guys got any, do you have any tips or tricks for uh, resume writing as far as boosting your resume for applying for a hell attack position? You know, I think the biggest thing is uh, when you write a resume, they're looking at your resume to, to just glean in information, right? So I would start with putting the, the important qualms or experience right at the top. And uh, start there and then trickle down, you know, explain it, hit the bullet points of what you're applying for, hit the bullet points of past experience. And, you know, what, if you're applying for a more of a seasonal five or a perm five, then obviously you're going to pinpoint some of the opportunities of leadership that you've had already. Um, if, if you're still in those beginning stages of your career and you're working for a, a GS4, and you're still working on FFT1, ICT5, you just want to really hit the bullet points of, of the experiences you've been able to capture already and really, um, I guess, just sort of the dynamic environment that you've already been, been able to work in. So oh, that's another question I was going to ask you, man. So your program sounds like it's pretty badass. It sounds like it's very unique and it sounds like you have a lot of things to offer. But we were speaking on the phone earlier this week and you said that you have uh, two things that you primarily offer your future applicants, that your, uh, your hires when they come into the program and when they get out of the program. Could you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, man, I was just sort of chatting. When we were chatting earlier, it was uh, our biggest thing is that we offer two products, right? It's uh the product that we're able to offer somebody when they walk through our door, whether it's training, life experiences, you know, flying around in a helicopter, seeing a diverse part of the country. And then it's also the product that our group provides when we arrive on incident. You know, are we providing a quality hell attack product? Are we supporting that incident, whatever functions they might need us to uh, help them out and be successful? So it's, you know, it's it's it really simplifies things, but it's also very there's a lot that goes in to what that is, those two products. And really, for me, I'm in a position where I'm constantly trying to focus on building people. And like I was saying, with the type of person that comes into our program, we'll take somebody from whether it's Florida, Boston or Portland, Oregon. We've got folks from all over the country with a very diverse background and it's a joy for us to grab these people and teach them what we know about helicopters and then also teach them about fire so i definitely view when somebody comes to us um you know it's all about what we're offering to them and expanding on their fire knowledge i guess Nice man. It's it's a good it's a good thing to have like kind of like a a, a trade off there when you're running a program. It's kind of a flagship of your leadership there. You know, it's like hey, you provide this, we'll provide this for you, and and the end product is going to be a better firefighter. So I think that's important things that uh, you're doing with your program there. Yeah, and, and we still demand a lot out of folks. You know. Finding fire for a summer for somebody that maybe has only done it one or two years and then going into a busy hell attack season, that's a sacrifice, man. That's a sacrifice for that individual, whether they moved a long distance to get to that program or whether they stayed local. They still have to give up a big chunk of their life. And 
I think that's uh, there's something to be said in that. And so I, I value what they're giving up to come into our program or any program. And uh, I'm going to try to provide those experiences for them. It's a hard job, man. It's uh, You definitely sacrifice a lot in this career. I mean, you said you've been doing it for how many years? 17? Yeah. 17 <laughs> years, man. That's a lot of sacrifice that you're putting in. And you're still pouring it out back into your program, into the, your future leaders, because that's what everybody is when they start this job. They're going to become leaders eventually. So I think it's yeah. important, man. It really is. And that's one of the great payoffs with being a firefighter, right? You spend all those years just like, man, that's all I got to worry about is sharpening my tools, making sure my saw is ready, or, you know, just helping support the engine, the crew, or whatever your job is. And then next thing you know, you've got a job where you're now in a spot where you're providing for somebody else and you're providing that direction. Uh, it's a great payoff. Oh, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's different, that's for sure. Like, uh, how did I know all this stuff <laughs> when I was getting into it? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, that's part of it, too. That's part of the addiction, right? We, we get to live a lifestyle where, you know, the winters aren't, they're not too t- time-consuming for us. So we were able to roam around, whether it's the country or the world. And uh, it's, yeah, it's all part of it, you know, where we, we give up our summers, but there's definitely some payoff on the other end. Yeah, man, you're just investing in your crew. That's that's the most important thing, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as you're dedicating yourself to them, and they're you're gonna get that in return, is what I'm getting at. You know. Yeah, I I, I believe that for sure. Oh yeah. Well, man, uh, I think that's about the uh, tie-in point. What do you think, man? You got anything else to add? Uh no, man. I just really appreciate it. Um, I know for this upcoming. Um, Hiring season, just wanted to throw it out there. We are going to be looking at hiring some perm fives, most likely. And also, um, I'd say about five seasonal folks. And if people are looking to apply uh, specifically for Wasatch Hell Attack, uh, we do have our duty stations are either Mountain Green or Ogden. So if you see both duty stations, go ahead and select them both. Uh, it just depends on where that app is, but... Make sure you do Mountain Green in Ogden, Utah. That'll get you. That'll get you to us. Nice man. And now, uh, do you guys run a you guys run a social media account too? So where can we find you on the socials? Yeah, we've been uh, we've been going after the Instagram thing. That's Wasatch Hell Attack at Instagram. Um, I know a few of the guys are up on Facebook. I'm the worst with social media, but uh, I think it's uh, I think it's incredibly valuable for us to be able to post some of our experiences and what we got going on. So we, we chose Instagram as really one of our primary social media outlets. Nice, man. And uh, do you guys have like a website or anything set up like that to where they can get a hold of you directly for them, like email or anything like that? Uh, no, you know, that that would be definitely just under the, the Forest website. The, you went to Wasatch Cash, you can find uh, a piece on that. Oh, about a piece uh, about our program on that website, and that'll get you some of the the key names and numbers that you need if you want to talk to somebody at our. Bank. But uh, we thought about doing a website and just steered clear from it because social media is just so much. It's kind of easier to do the social media thing too, and plus you probably guys you guys probably get a ton of DMs all the time asking about your program. <laughs> Man, it, it's it's wild. It's wild. Nice, man. So, 
at the end of the show, usually what I do is uh, offer an opportunity to do a shout out to like a homie, hero, or a mentor, man. So what do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to the boys at Aurora Grande Hot Shots. Uh, man, I missed those guys by a hair this year. I had them up uh, prepping a burn for me a couple weeks ago, and I was hoping to do a couple days of burning. And uh, they got pulled to another fire the day before we burned. So uh, I missed out on hanging out with the homies at Aurora Grande Hot Shots. And I uh, just wanted to say hi to those boys and hope they had a great summer. Nice, man. Shout out to Arroyo Grande. Well, sweet, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your uh, the story of your program there, man. I think it's a pretty cool program that you guys got. It's uh, usually you see the super bass kind of terminology with uh, rappel crews, but it seems like you guys got a pretty large program over there at uh, Wasatch, man. It's pretty unique. Hey, man, we stayed just as busy as everybody else, so it's, it's awesome. Nice, man. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hopefully uh, we can gain some exposure for your program, send people your way. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time, Brennan. For sure, man. Thanks. All right, guys, there you go. Episode number 16 is in the books with Jason Bullo from Wasatch Hell Attack. Jason, dude, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your uh, insight and your knowledge and uh, sharing a little bit about your program. It sounds like you guys got an awesome program. I've worked with you guys in the past, and uh, yeah, you guys uh, seem like you have a fun crew. So once again, man, thanks for coming on the show. So for you those uh, that are listening, uh, Jason's got 17 years of fire experience, and he's been at the program for, I believe, eight years uh, over at Wasatch. And uh, in the off-season, he does a little bit of hiring stuff for uh, the Forest Service over there. So listen to what he says. Uh, he's got some expert, subject matter expert knowledge as far as how hiring goes. So definitely listen to what he says. Covered a lot of subjects. We uh, described what Helitac does, uh, a typical Helitac crew does. Uh, we went over best practices for getting hired. And uh, yeah, I think that it's uh, some valuable information for you guys. Uh, just so you guys know, once again... September 30th. It's going to be the last day that uh, temp seasonal hiring is going to be going, uh, except for Region 1. I know they had some issues with the announcements that they released, and uh, a couple of select positions in Region 4, I believe, also. And uh, yeah, so it's not too late, guys. Make sure you guys get your apps in. Just want to say uh, thank you for everybody that's listening. Um, if you guys got some awesome fire photos or videos, definitely send them my way or tag us in the old Instagram or Facebook. And, uh, yeah, I'll do my best to repost them. Hope everybody's going to be doing good this winter. Hope everybody's got something uh, lined up to keep them busy and healthy. And, uh, yeah, keep spreading the word. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening.